Right now on Tech Radio, does the top twit give an XXX? Hi, I'm Artemis. I am a computer-generated AI voice, and you're listening to Tech Radio. Every week online and on air with RT Radio, we bring you the very latest in tech. You're welcome to episode 980 with loads and loads and loads for you this week. From the self-destruction of Twitter to the crazy prices we are paying tech companies and the latest tech toys from Samsung. Let's do it. This is Tech Radio with Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson. Joining us as always is our Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson. Will we start with the twit? Because I'm just coming straight out now and I'm just going to go, he is a complete twit. That, that he is. And it's very interesting that at the top of the show, you said, does the top twit give an XXX? Because if you were to go onto Twitter, now X, and search for the hashtag XVID, you would find something that has nothing to do with X but would indeed be classified as triple X. But there you go. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Niall, we don't need to know about your what you watch when we're not doing the podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like that, is it? <laughs> I think this whole thing of Musk changing the name of Twitter to X without any warning is bananas. I think what he has done is he has just taken dynamite and he has shoved it up the bird's rear end and pulled the trigger. I'm not going to argue with with you on this, although this was foreshadowed way back in the past when Musk said he had this idea for an app called X and it would be the everything app. You would, you know, do your social posts, you'd be able to buy things, you would do absolutely everything within Mm. this app, which was basically an operating system by the way he was describing it, and it would be called X. Uh, Now it has appeared in the wild, it's not quite as grandiose as we thought. It's uh, to borrow an expression from way back in the day, Twitter is an oil rig on fire, and he has decided that the way to fix it is to take away the bird, put a giant X on it. That's his strategy. That's what he reckons is going to pull them out of the fire. That's what's going to bring back the advertisers. That's what's going to solve the problem of hate speech and a complete lack of content regulation. If I just put a big black X on this, everything will be cool. He's just, he's lost. I mean, they're down 50% on advertising already. I heard this week that one of the things they're going to the remaining advertisers and they're saying, if you want to keep your verified account, you must spend $1,000 in advertising. Exactly. <laughs> it's like he has a death wish. That's, that's, that's just what it seems. And he's doing this while his competitors are all circling around. TikTok have just announced that they're offering text-based posts so it'll look a little bit like Twitter. Threads, of course, is on the scene, which, you know, kind of everybody's curious about and so on and so forth. I think, I think today we should just say that's it. Twitter is dead. It no longer exists, which doesn't because it's X now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, although as of today, you can still tweet. You can still tweet on X, which makes sense, doesn't it? 
Right, okay. <laughs> Listen, Samsung, uh, I want to chat about and the uh, Unpacked <laughs> event. Let's get to that in a few minutes first. Uh, some other th- interesting bits and pieces uh, going on in the world of tech. Uh, the UK surveillance bill, uh, which was brought in a couple of years ago, they called it unofficially the Snoopers Charter. I love it. All right. And it's all about kind of, you know, kind of encryption and privacy with tech companies and stuff like that. They're making amendments to that bill to take away all of the protections, as it were, so that in future tech companies will need the approval of the UK government if they're going to introduce any new encryption or security measures. And if they don't get that approval, they will not be able to make their uh, apps and whichever available in the UK. And we've had three massive companies all jump up immediately and go, no, Apple is the, the lead one. And Apple is going, forget it. You know, um, this compromises everybody's privacy. We're not doing stuff just for the UK. Uh, if you go ahead of this, that's it. Apple, iMessage and... FaceTime, FaceTime will be yep. the ones uh, most affected. We are, we it will just not be available in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and I think this story is right up your street because you love stories of surveillance and government surveillance and privacy. And I bet you read this news story and thought, "Aha, I knew it." When I heard about this Snoopers Charter a few years ago, I knew this is what would happen, and now it has. Uh, I did jump up and, you know, I hear this expression all the time. Well, if you've nothing to hide, what are you worried about? Well, I don't have anything to hide. I'm probably, you know, one of the world's most boring people. But nevertheless, it doesn't give you or the police or anybody any right to go snooping through my stuff. End of. Certainly does not. All right. And when it comes to the criminals and them being able to use that, you take it away, the criminals will find something else. Yeah. Well, I think we're getting to the stage where the if you've nothing to hide, don't worry argument is akin to knocking on the on the door of somebody's house, walking in, having a look around and then leaving. And, you know, it's not it's not necessarily, you know, you've invited me in. I'm a stranger, but, you know, you kind of had to. I was coming in anyway. Or if somebody breaks into your house, walks around, just have a look, has a look and leaves. Well, you can't really arrest me on anything because, you know, you had nothing to hide. It's, you know, it's the fact of the breach of your personal space is the offence. It's not so much the scrutiny as it is the breach. And I think this is um, a point that hopefully uh, people will come around to uh, when it comes to engaging in, in this conversation um, right now, I mean, the fact that you do or do not have something to hide is pretty much immaterial. Um, there are processes in in place to, you know, legally force you to open your door to somebody. It's when you know somebody does it without your knowledge or permission. That's that's where we start to have problems. And we talked about similar uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Graham Dwyer case. And you know, governments can't willy nilly just pluck data out of the ether, there are processes to go through. And here we have an example of a government and a Western nation who has decided that, okay, if you want to do something interesting, uh, you got to run a bias. And uh, if we don't like the idea, no, we're not going to let you do it. Have you ever heard of a Western government come up with a stance that is so inherently anti- innovation and directly at odds 
with the uh, interests of their citizens? Well, no. And to be honest, I think if you look at the news every night and what's coming out of the UK, our nearest neighbour, there's a lot of weird stuff going on over there. Uh, A lot of weird stuff going on over there. There is. And I think this is part of Brexit fallout in that because they're not, they don't have that GDPR oversight. They don't have Europe saying, actually, that's a bit of a rubbish idea. Don't do that. Um, They're they're ploughing a lot of rose that they are the only country interested in ploughing, if <laughs> if you see where I'm coming from. Probably, you know, I'm sure the likes of Iran, pretty interested to see how this pans out. Um, oh, hey, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying a surveillance-based society are having a look at a Western democracy to see how better they might surveil people and engage with companies. I think it's interesting when you say it, it, because you have me thinking about this whole privacy thing and if you did nothing wrong. Look at it this way. Would you go to your local Garda station and give them a key to your house for just in case they need it, not just in case you need it, for just in case they need it, would you give them a key to your house? Yeah, but they need it for what? Well, what they need it for today could be different tomorrow based on the legal framework they have to work with. Exactly. There you go. So uh, there we No, absolutely not against it. And I'm delighted actually to see Apple jump up. And I think Apple will follow through with it because there was a very famous case years ago uh, where the uh, police in the States needed to access somebody's phone over mm-hmm. a, a, yeah. a violent crime, I believe. It was the Miami shooting, uh, if memory serves, I wasn't think that's it? what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yes, yes, that's what it was. And they said no. Um, and... You know, the the police had to go off and get somebody else to break into the phone, which they did eventually, but Apple wouldn't do it. And actually, you know, I'm not a fan of Apple, um, but that really scored a lot of brownie points with me because, yes, privacy is a thing with Apple. And that's and that's the thing. If you've got if you've got personal data, Apple will say it's on device. It's not in the cloud. If it's on device, you own the device. It's nothing to do with us now. Let's get away from all our Apple loving and get into a little the opposite. <laughs> also, I think in the UK, uh, yes, it is in the UK this week, we have 1,566 app developers who are suing Apple in a class action over excessive charges. Because if you want to put your app onto the App Store and sell it there, Apple will take between 15% and 30% for themselves. And of course, they have the monopoly on Apple devices. If you don't do that, you're not on the Apple platform, done. Mm, Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this because you know exactly what you're signing up to when you start to develop an app for iOS. You know the, I mean, as an app developer, not as, you know, a Joe Soap in the public, that, that's a, a very different set of concerns. But you know the commercial arrangement into which you are entering. And arguably, if the terms aren't to your liking, well, fine, don't, don't do it. Most apps don't make money. Um, there's only a very small subset of them that, that do uh, and Guess what? They're the apps that pretty much arrive with our with our phone 
with uh, uh, one or two exceptions. And even those uh, are struggling at the moment, um, one of which we, we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. Personally, yes, iOS is a walled garden. You do have to dance to Apple's tune if you want. Like there's no third party app store for Apple devices. This is something that the EU might end up dismantling and there could end up being third party Apple app stores. There are plenty of third party Android stores if you wanted to go uh, down that particular route. But it's like if you join a club and they put the rates up on you and, you know, that can be that can be a problem. But if you join a club and then claim not to know what the rules were in the first place is something else. So I don't, I honestly don't know about this, Dusty. It, to me, it sounds like people are crying foul over terms they already knew existed when they signed up. Um, what's your take on it? I think you're missing what I was saying about the story is about, okay? The story is not about Apple or being a walled garden or whatever. We all understand that. And we all understand that when you sign up for it, that's the way it is. The problem is that it's a monopoly. So that's the only way you can do it. And the real problem is the charges are excessive. 15% up to 30%. Now, in sales or in, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, we had the big case with uh, a, a certain... Um, lanky former Late Late Show presenter uh, recently uh, and agents and stuff like that. Okay, I'm, these, this is the world I'm familiar with, okay? And you're looking at 10%, 15%, maybe in extreme circumstances, 20%, 30% is just outrageous. I don't care uh, what you say. And, and it's not only Apple, all right? This is where I kind of want to move these this uh, on a little bit. Because it's not only Apple that we are paying outrageous fees to, okay? Um, I can't take the weather anymore. I have to get the hell out of the country and I need sunshine, all right? Um, so I've been looking on Booking.com and I've been looking on Airbnb at the various charges and stuff like that. Um, on Airbnb, it shows what the fee is for Airbnb. It's 15%. All right. Which means that if I'm spending, you know, a thousand euro on a week's accommodation, I'm paying 150 euro to use Airbnb. Would you pay 150 euro to book something with Airbnb? Of course not. Of course not. not. But that's what is happening. The same is happening with Booking.com. I'm looking at hotels and again, I'll see something for, you know, whatever, say a thousand euro for the week. OK, uh, when I go to the hotel direct, I'm saving 150 to 200 quid. Mm, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like, why Why are these companies charging their users so darn much? It's ridiculous, you know? Um, and then that kind of leads us on then to other price increases where we're paying more and more and more. And uh, we had Spotify. Spotify doing it right. Elon Musk could learn from these people. What you do is you make an announcement and you say there's a big change and it's coming in six weeks. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, as as opposed to introducing whatever it is, eight dollars yeah, yeah. a yeah, month. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know, yeah. Um, but Spotify have announced that they are increasing their price. It's the first price increase that I can ever remember, and I'm with them at least ten years. Uh, and they're going from ten euro a month to eleven euro. I mean, that's uh, given that we're so used to Netflix pushing up their rates on an, an annual basis. Um, that sounds quite reasonable if you're paying nine ninety nine to go up to ten ninety nine. Bearing in mind that the premium is sort of you know no ads, unlimited skips. You can listen offline and you can play any song. Uh, 
as if somebody on the free tier, you know, not being able to put in the song that I want to hear uh, is is a bit of a drawback. That's the sort of thing that sends you to YouTube to listen to music uh, instead of staying on Spotify. I'm glad you said that, right? Because anytime that there is a change in anything, it always leads to flux, all right? Um, and I'm thinking now, I mean, that jump from 10 to 11 quid is not huge, all right? But YouTube Unlimited is 12 quid. So it's only mm. another euro on top of that, okay? YouTube Music, from what I see, is quite similar to Spotify. Same amount of tunes, same quality, same way of organizing albums and tunes and charts and da 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 and whatever. It's, it's all in there. And you can listen to it as audio only. You don't have to have the screen on and stuff like that, right? But also, and here's where I'm tempted, all right, by buying the YouTube Premium subscription, you get rid of the ads on YouTube. YouTube is blighted with ads. Oh my God. It really makes me angry. And I heard somebody saying that it's an anger purchase is what YouTube is, but the ads are so bad. Advertising, I understand. And this whole thing, we have to pay the creators and da, da, da. Do you have to insert a commercial that I can't stop in the middle of somebody's sentence? Oh yeah, that, that, that really gets my goat. I will be watching a clip and somebody will be starting a word and then it's gone. Um, yeah. You know, and quite often the ad is of no relevance to you or no interest or whatever. Some scam know. weight loss program or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, which neither of us need. Um, so it's kind of like I'm thinking of, I, I think I'm going to dump Spotify and I'm going to jump into uh, YouTube. I'm certainly going to try it for a month anyway, the free trial and see what it's okay. like. Well, that's, that's interesting because you're kind of booking the trend because uh, Spotify's listenership is actually going up. Um, over the last quarter, because we just we just got second quarter results from Spotify, um, and they've showed an interesting trend. Uh, financially not doing so well, um, jobs wise not doing so well, but in terms of listeners, they're actually going up. So uh, Spotify currently has two hundred and twenty million paying subscribers on its various tiers. So the the um, the basic tier, as you said, it's it's going up to eleven euro per month. The premium duo. Uh, which is sort of Spotify premium for two people is about going up to 15 uh, and the family and student rates of 18 and uh, six euro, they're, they're not being affected. Um, so if you're on the family top tier, uh, there's no, there's no change for you whatsoever. So they went from about 200 to 220 million paying subscribers. Um, so that's a really good quarter uh, for them. Also their monthly active users. So that's whether you're paying for it or not, went up 27%. So they've got 551 million monthly active users. That's that's a pretty healthy figure. Now, unfortunately, this does come on the back of, what, 200 jobs being lost uh, from their podcast division, um, 6% of the workforce in total being cut. Um, and, you know, their Q2 sort of financials showed a loss of 330 million, which was worse than previous quarter, which reported a loss of 225 million. So all the financials and all sort of the, the business news is not good. The um, sort of the, the actual listeners, listener and subscription rates are pretty good. So what do you do in a case like that? Well, bump up the fees. Let's get more from the people that we're bringing in. 
It is uh, It is interesting. We see. I don't think it's going to affect it hugely because it's only a, a euro, as I say. But um, I'll I'll try out the YouTube and I shall report back on how it is. Um, now, listen. The big story, the big big story this week then is Samsung, who had their unpacked event on Wednesday. One thing, <laughs> good and bad on this. All right. Uh, the good part is it was done Korean time, all right, which translated into kind of in and around lunchtime here in Ireland. It was around 12 o'clock or something like that. And the bad thing is, is that I'm usually really busy and that's exactly what happened this week. I ended up, <laughs> a meeting ran over and I completely missed it. So I was playing kind of catch up afterwards, like unfortunately. But um, all round, I think a fairly, some people saying, uh, I think a fairly positive Samsung unpacked uh, this, this year. What did you think? I thought it was a very short Samsung Unpacked, mm-hmm. given that we're in an age where, you know, we expect product announcements to go two, two and a half hours, um, depending on the audience. This was, what, 50 minutes done and dusted? There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Here's, your, here's your seven products to get, to get excited about. Anybody doing it in more than an hour is just, that's overkill. So... 100% to Samsung for, for time. Yeah, yeah. They did They did not waste our time. They just came out. They said, this is what we're doing, yada, 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 and off. So they had um, kind of the four product lines, I suppose, to entice us with all under the Galaxy brand. So all premium stuff. So we had the Galaxy Z Flip 5, the Galaxy Z Fold 5, and the Galaxy Tab S9, which comes in um, three models based on the, the screen size. So uh, I think um, the largest, I think, is like 14 inches, isn't it? It's, it's quite, quite, it's, quite yeah, large Yeah, it's 14 point something inches, yeah. Yeah. And, the, um, and there was a, a watch announcement as well, which I kind of breezed over. I, I, smartwatches kind of bore me at this stage. Uh, how many times can you hear? You, you get the app that you can get on your phone, plus a few new faces. Well done. <laughs> Here, here, here's the sensor. Yeah, I never got into smartwatches because they're all way thicker than regular watches. They're just all way thicker than, and it feels like I've just got it. Now I've never worn one, so I don't know. But anyone I see that's wearing one, it's like somebody who goes out and buys like a Rolex. Do you know what I mean? It's big, it's chunky, and it's there for a reason because you want to show people I'm wearing a Rolex. I think I haven't. I never worn to them primarily because I don't wear a watch in general, but they just feel, they just look kind of plasticky to me. They, they look disposable. Ooh, ow. All right. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't gone down the quality route. Um, no, that doesn't, I think they are quality bits of gear, but again, yeah, what do they do? Anyway, so uh, smartwatches didn't impress us. What about the uh, the Galaxy Flip? Now, I I think okay. this is, I think the Flip is way more interesting than the Fold because the Fold is the if you want to call it a standard sized phone, uh, and then it opens up to give you a really really big screen. Um, the Flip is a standard sized phone, but you would flip it like a clamshell, which we had like years ago, and I think that is the more interesting. Yeah, well, do you know what? When when putting them side by side. In both cases, there's not a lot of technical change has gone on. Um, I think they have primarily solved the problem in this generation of smartphones of the hinge. Because you remember, you fold up and then there is just a little, little bit of light coming yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, it's just... 
It's annoying, especially when you've got OCD. Like, yeah, <laughs> frustrating. Just a, a, just like a little hangnail of a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd be like, I see what you're doing. I get the materials are good. I get, I get it. I get it. But that. <laughs> That's what's making me not spend a thousand euro on your phone. It's like a shelf that's one degree off. You can kind of perceptibly see it and it's just, it's annoying. It doesn't really affect it. It's only one degree, but you know, it's there. I know. Yeah. So they fixed that. Okay. So that's they a good fixed thing. That. They've, they've got a new hinge uh, where things fold pretty much flush. I mean, they've got little sort of stabilizer things, but the, the idea is, yep. Yeah, okay. Now it folds completely. Specs wise. I mean, there's not an awful lot of difference um, in terms of the uh, fold. What and I think what we're finding is that the units themselves are slightly smaller, but the screen to body ratio is higher. So you get the same amount of screen for a slightly smaller body, uh, which is fine. Or same amount of body and a, and a bigger screen with a smaller bezel. Well, which whichever whichever way. Um, Whichever way, but Samsung have gone for, they've gone for the same size screen uh, in a slightly smaller body, uh, which which is fine. No problems with that whatsoever. Um, of the two, yeah, the flip is much more interesting. Uh, the fold is kind of a, yeah, fine, incremental upgrade. You've solved the hinge problem. Thanks. Um, the flip is really where it's at because this is their consumer grade product. And, and also the flip had that sort of nice little novelty of the the um, LCD panel uh, on the front. So you could keep your, your phone kind of closed, yeah, yeah. clamshell style, uh, and just your, your main alerts would pop up. And that was kind of novel. It was kind of cool. It was, it was certainly aimed at the kids, let's put it that way. Um, Kid, kids who've got a thousand euro to blow on a phone. <laughs> what kind some, of kids some... are in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's put ourselves in the position of the marketing department here. You know, they're like, kids will love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So what they have done with the Z Flip 5 is they've taken that idea and they've just extended it. So the entire uh, one half of the clamshell, the one with the cameras on it, is now a screen. And it's basically a smartwatch screen. Um, And you have the option of, you know, you've got your notifications. You can also put certain apps uh, on the screen as well. Of course, they have to be optimized for the screen, which means that there's a very small amount of, of apps you can use at the moment. Guaranteed, they're all Samsung's own, but there you go. Um, and I think that is the one thing that when I saw it, I was a little bit like, yeah, but don't they do that anyway? And then I looked back at the Flip 4 and went, oh, I, okay, right. That's an advancement. I think out of everything that they announced, that was the biggest of all advancements. It certainly yeah. was. Everything else yeah. seemed to be um, like the, the the only other thing that was really different was the heat dispersal system on the Galaxy tabs. And nobody really wants to read about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, it's fine. Um, the, when it comes to the, the flip, big change really is they've dropped the uh, 1 to 8 gig. Um, and so uh, 256 model. now, isn't so it? Yeah. Starts at 256, which is fine because everybody has so much stuff on their on their phones anyway. Um, very similar in terms of the processor, uh, very similar in terms of the chipset, although it's you know it's it's gone up a generation, so that's fine. Um same same one UI operating system. Um they will be uh it will be up. Updatable to Android 13. Uh, I think on launch it's Android 12. No, 
that's the previous generation. They're both using Android 13 at this stage, same one UI. Um, do you know what? If if you're into, you know, the design change, um, yeah, sure, why not? If it if it doesn't rock your world straight away, do you know what? There's already an option for Motorola doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think the Motorola is 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 a wee bit better. But listen, what do we always say about tech when it comes to numbering? What do we always say? Always get the, never get the odd number generation, get the exactly. even numbers. Exactly. And this, um, you know. Proves it. It absolutely yep. proves it. It's a very nice refinement. If you're buying your first Galaxy Z Flip or Fold or whatever, or your first Galaxy Tab, 100% absolutely recommend getting the latest because it's it, it, it's the best. If you already have a Flip 4 or Fold 4, pff, hold on for the 6. That's our advice. Yep. Right. Yep. Listen, let's leave it there. Niall, as always, thanks for keeping us up to date with what's going on. This is Tech Radio. That's it for our show this week. Just before we go, time as always for one more thing. Live from heaven, Steve Jobs. Thanks, Dusty. As always, we have more stories online for you, including crypto jacking attacks surge. Is your PC being used to mine Bitcoin without your knowledge? GitHub releases Copilot Chat, a context-aware digital assistant using GPT-4. And the latest on our TechBeat survey with Agile Networks, looking at how businesses are using AI. You'll find all those and more online at techcentral.ie. Thanks, Steve. We're back again next Friday on RTE Radio 1 Extra. And of course, you can get new episodes automatically by clicking follow on your podcast player. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, thanks for listening. Take care. Tech Radio is produced by dustpod.io. From me, Artemis, goodbye. Goodbye.